48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Susan Lavender. The headlines. Carrie Lam says the national security law will revive Hong Kong's economic competitiveness. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says his fellow lawyers need to stop jumping to conclusions on the new legislation. And plans for a waste charging scheme are on the scrap heap after lawmakers ran out of time to study them. Chief Executive Carrie Lam said the impending national security law will be very effective in restoring business confidence and helping the local economy bounce back. Priscilla Ng reports. Speaking in an online forum organized by mainland media group Caixin, Carrie Lam said Hong Kong's international reputation and competitiveness had deteriorated substantially due to social unrest and violence in the past year. She says the national security law will restore stability and strengthen one country, two systems. She stressed that the legislation will definitely go ahead. The chief executive added that once violence and activities endangering national security are reined in, confidence will return and business will flourish again. Meanwhile, the financial secretary, Paul Chan, told the same forum that the SAR government had done a lot to boost the local economy. He cited the $10,000 cash handout and the bailout of Cathay Pacific, saying the administration had taken decisive action to tackle unprecedented economic challenges. Mr. Chan added that as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to ease, the government will try to re-establish exchanges with neighboring territories to spur growth. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong has criticized some of his fellow lawyers who have said the national security law will undermine judicial independence, accusing them of jumping to conclusions and making comments with no basis in fact. It was revealed on Saturday that the chief executive will have the power to choose judges to hear cases under the new law. Mr Tong, a senior counsel, also dismissed concerns that lawyers who represent dissidents would face national security charges, as has happened on the mainland. He said the worries stem from lack of trust. It also demonstrates a profound blindness to facts. It seems that people are not willing to look at the facts and not willing to look at common sense and look around and see what is happening in Hong Kong. Rather, they tend to jump to conclusions by what they have read in the news about what happened on the mainland. We have been living under the one country, two systems for 23 years now. People should at least begin to realize that things in Hong Kong are very different from things on the mainland. However, the Democratic Party chairman Wu Chi-wai says it's difficult for people to have any confidence in the national security law, given how Beijing has used such legislation. He pointed to the case of Wang Chuanjiang, a human rights lawyer who was released earlier this year after spending four years in prison on subversion charges. He acted according to the law, I mean the mainland law, in order to save the interests of his clients which is supposed to be protected under the mainland law. But at the end of the day, he was accused as being breach of the National Security Act. If we look at the history of the mainland government, I myself will not have any confidence at all. 
The Legislative Council President Andrew Leung says he used a weekend meeting with Beijing's top official on Hong Kong affairs to pass on lawmakers' views about the central government's new national security law for the SAR. But Mr Leung declined to reveal any more about his talks with Xiao Baolong, the director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office. He says he believes the office will continue to listen to other opinions on the legislation. I also reflected the legislative member, different parties have expressed different views, and their views are widely publicized in various media. And I'm sure the Hong Kong Macau office will continue to listen to various views on the national security law. A plan to charge households and businesses for waste disposal based on the amount of rubbish they throw out has gone back to square one after pro-establishment lawmakers decided they didn't have time to scrutinise the legislation before their term ends next month. The government will have to reintroduce the bill after September's election. Council front Chu Hoi Dick said pan-democrats also had concerns about the bill but he accused the pro-establishment camp of delaying tactics. Under this political atmosphere, it is a bit difficult for us to push forward this waste disposal charging. The pro-Beijing camp just brutally stopped this discussion and not letting this ordinance to have its process being finished. And it is a pity. And I think it has been well planned years ago. I think since the beginning of the discussion of this bill, some of the members from the pro-Beijing camp have been filibustering. You're listening to RTHK. The time has just gone five minutes past one. Angus Ho of the environmental group Greener's Actions says it's disappointing that lawmakers have stopped their work given that the bill has been in the works for a long time. He says the government should shoulder most of the blame, although lawmakers are also culpable. Mr Ho says even though the government is aiming to significantly cut the amount of waste Hong Kong generates, data shows people throw away more rubbish than ever. Two years ago, we have a big debate in the society about the extension of the landfill and also the increasing or the building up of the incinerator. I will see it will be coming back in a few years soon because we are having no progress on the waste reduction, which is a totally not only disappointed by the green goods, but also it cannot parallel to the whole global movement. The DAB says that women who breastfeed at a baby care room in a Causeway Bay shopping mall risk falling victim to perverts who take unauthorised explicit pictures. The room at Windsor House is included on the party's latest list of black spots for explicit photography as it only has a matte glass door with no lock and a gap allowing people to peep in. The list also includes malls, MTR stations and Tamar Park where the party says glass panels allow upskirt photography. Lawmaker Elizabeth Quatt says the DAB has long pushed for improvements. The problem is they never have a guideline in the design of their facilities, uh, no matter it's government facilities or it's from private sector, to put in a guideline to consider the needs of women and mothers. So what happened is, for example, when we complain about government facilities uh, become one of the backsports, or we complain to Starbucks that one of their facilities is a backsport, then they might review and put some changes in the facilities, but only that facilities. 
Reports say that as many as 30 people have tested positive for the coronavirus in Hong Kong in the past 24 hours. Most of them are understood to have returned from India or Pakistan. Meanwhile, the mainland authorities have 18 new cases today. They include nine people in Beijing. The World Health Organization has recorded the biggest one-day increase in coronavirus cases, with the Americas responsible for most of the new infections. The agency said over 183,000 new cases were reported in 24 hours, more than two-thirds of them from North and South America. The U.S. remains the worst affected country, with over 2 million confirmed cases. Brazil has more than a million infections and over 50,000 deaths. Here's the BBC's Katie Watson. Brazil has hit two grim milestones in a matter of days. But not even these numbers are prompting the president to change course. Jair Bolsonaro says little about those who've lost their lives. Instead, he keeps repeating the message that Brazil cannot stop. The economy should reopen and the country needs to return to normality. But there's no normal when there are more than one million infections and 50,000 people dead. Brazil is in the middle of this crisis and so many people here feel they're lacking a leader to get through it. All the while, the numbers keep going up and up. The Serbian president, Aleksandr Vucic, has claimed a landslide victory for his party in Sunday's elections. Early results suggest his centre-right Serbian progressive party has won more than 60% of the vote, significantly expanding its dominance in parliament. Mr Vucic said his government would fulfil the needs of the citizens. Tonight we received a huge vote of confidence from the people, the greatest ever in Serbia, and when few expected it. It is also a great warning from the people, asking of us to be even more responsible, more serious. We must work more and we must achieve the best results possible for our citizens. The elections were boycotted by parts of the opposition who accused Mr Vucic of authoritarianism. One of the members of the Russian protest group Pussy Riot have been, has been detained. Russian media say that uh, Pyotr... Verzilov was seized at his Moscow apartment on Sunday morning. No reason was given. The BBC's Aryan Skippers has more. The media outlet published by Mr. Verzilov himself, Media Zona, reported that he had disappeared, but later in the day Mr. Verzilov said he had been questioned about his alleged role in the unrest last summer. It is not clear whether he is still in custody. Pyotr Verzilov is one of the founders of Pussy Riot, a feminist punk band based in Moscow, which has staged impromptu political performances for almost a decade. Some of its members have spent time in prison for their protests. The group attracted worldwide attention when four members invaded the pitch of the World Cup football final in Moscow in 2018. Archaeologists in Britain have discovered a major new prehistoric monument a short distance away from Stonehenge in southwest England. Fieldwork has uncovered at least 20 massive shafts which were ex- excavated more than four and a half thousand years ago. The BBC's Adam Porter has more. Each of the shafts is more than 10 metres across and 5 metres deep, and together they form a circle more than 2 kilometres wide around the Durrington Walls Henge, northeast of Stonehenge. It's thought they served as a boundary to a sacred area or precinct associated with the Henge and are significantly larger than any comparable prehistoric monument in Britain. Professor Vince Gaffney from Bradford University in Northern England said the area around Stonehenge was one of the most studied landscapes on Earth and it was remarkable that new technology could still lead to more discoveries.
Stocks now, and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,538, 99 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $65 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 106.89 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 59 cents. Now to sports, here's Adam Jung. We start with football's Merseyside Derby, where much was expected with Liverpool needing two more wins to clinch the English Premier League title. But they were held to a goalless draw by Everton at Goodison Park. The BBC's John Murray was at the game. This was a Merseyside derby unlike any other, and it'll be remembered for being played out in front of almost deserted Goodison Park stands rather than for the quality of the football. Both teams looked off the pace after the layoff. For all their possession, the runaway Premier League leaders Liverpool created relatively little, and it was Everton who had the clearer chances to end their 10 years without a derby victory when Alisson saved from Calvert-Lewin's flick and Davis's follow-up was deflected against a post. It's the third consecutive Goodison goalless derby draw, and it leaves Liverpool now five points from being confirmed as champions. Here's the reaction from Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp. I saw better football games in my life and I saw a lot worse football games. What I saw today was two teams who understand the sense of the derby. It was not one supporter in the stadium and everybody was fighting like crazy. So that's what we had to show first and foremost. I like that. Chelsea tightened their grip on a Champions League place in a top-four finish after a 2-1 win at Aston Villa. Chelsea overturned a first-half deficit with goals from Christian Pulisic and Olivier Giroud. They're now four points clear of fifth-place Manchester United. Here's the winning manager, Frank Lampard. Looking at some of the results uh, of teams around us, we felt like it was a slight opportunity to capitalise on a couple of results. We've missed those opportunities this season too many times, uh, and today we did it, and... There were errors in that game that I didn't like, but we have to give also the players a little bit of leeway on this one because they haven't played for a long time uh, and it is different for everybody. So hopefully we will improve, correct those errors and get even better. In the other Premier League match, Newcastle scored a 3-0 win at home over 10-man Sheffield United. In Spain, Real Madrid have overtaken Barcelona at the top of La Liga. Second-half goals from Sergio Ramos and Karim Benzema gave Real Madrid a 2-1 win away at Real Sociedad. Valencia beat Osasuna 2-0. Celta Vigo moved four points clear of relegation after a thumping 6-0 win over Alaves. The restart of tennis has taken a step back after the world's top 20 player, Grigor Dimitrov, said he tested positive for COVID-19. The news led to the cancellation of the Adria Tour exhibition event in Croatia, where top-ranked Novak Djokovic was due to play in the final. Dimitrov featured last week in the Serbia leg of the tour organized by Djokovic. It also cast doubt on the U.S. Open, which last week was given the go-ahead to take place in New York in August. And that's your look at sports. And now to end the news, the top stories once again. Carrie Lam says the national security law will revive Hong Kong's economic competitiveness. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong says his fellow lawyers need to stop jumping to conclusions on the new legislation. And plans for a waste charging scheme are on the scrap heap after lawmakers ran out of time to study them. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Monday afternoon. Monday, the twenty-second of June is today's date, and we do have a busy program today. Uh, just after half past one, we get back to last week's uh, audio column with Cruz, which we didn't get to finish in a pre-recorded segment uh, because the whole network collapsed. But we promised uh, we would bring it back, and today is the day that we bring it back uh, for you to hear all about the Mona Lisa. And Cruz will be talking about.
about the story and the conspiracy theories behind the uh, behind the icon. And after the two o'clock news, fitness coach Nathan Solia joins us once again to talk about how to get a better night's sleep to boost our energy levels. And finally, after two thirty on this week's trash talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Lawrence McCook and also June Wong from WWF Hong Kong about the business initiative on reducing plastic waste and moving towards a circular economy. And as usual, we want to hear from you as well. So feel free to drop us an email. Our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3.